Just like the body, we all have a part to play. There's a part that we are all needed in. So when you get word that there's a need, you say, you know what? I'm a gap filler. Sign me up. If there's something new on the horizon that we have to need to collectively bring our generosity together, we say, you know what? I'm a gap filler. Sign me up because I'm going to frustrate the plans of the enemy. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to be a giver and a receiver, and I'm going to watch God perform miracles in my life. The title of my talk today is Keep Building. Turn to the person next to you, for our family online, our campuses, turn to the person next to you and say, keep building. Keep building. We are going to look at the story of Nehemiah 4, and I'm literally going to walk us through verse by verse. I feel like I'm on assignment to arm us, to strengthen us, to remind us how to fight when opposition comes, to help us not be discouraged when everything hits the fan, to give us tools and a stance and a posture as we continue to build this church, as we continue to build our families. I feel like the enemy is on a rampage to try to disappoint us, to try to discourage us, to try to bully us from kids in school to things that we see on social media to our thought life. I feel like the enemy is working overtime to bully us, but we have a game plan and it's found in the word of God and we are going to follow Nehemiah's posture because this church is a church that God has given a specific blueprint to and this church is a church that other churches can follow in its footsteps but because of that there's opposition of course anything great that we build there's a battle and sometimes we're shocked by the battle we're shocked by the battle when it hits our family We're shocked by the battle when it comes into our mind, but we can follow Nehemiah's pattern and be ready. Say ready. Okay, Nehemiah 4.1. When Sanballat, so he was a bully, heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, so here's the bully. They're trying to build. They're trying to do something amazing. They're trying to step forward. They're trying to fight. And this is what happens. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Just like when you step out in faith and decide I'm going to register my child for camp or I'm going to go to conference or I'm going to jump on a team or I'm going to start a new company, we hear those same lies from the enemy. It's the same ones. What are you doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble burned as they are? Some of us today feel like our life is a heap of rubble. And the enemy is lying to you, telling you that there's no hope. But I'm on assignment for this church. I'm on assignment for your family. I'm on assignment for your school to tell you that there is hope, that God has a plan and a purpose, and he is just getting started. And he's arming you with a battle strategy so that you can fight to the finish and you can see breakthrough. Verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up it would break down the wall, this wall of stones. So this is Nehemiah's posture when he hears that, when he hears that talk. He doesn't shrink back. He doesn't say, I guess I'm not supposed to build. I guess I'm not supposed to fight. I guess I'm not called. They know what's better than I do. This is what he says. Hear us, O God. We are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. He fought back. 
he cried out to God. It goes on to say, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. There's that bully again. Verse six, anytime we're building anything beautiful, especially this amazing church, people come at us. But when we're not gonna just stay there and just listen to it and take it. We're gonna fight back with the word of God. So it says this, this was their posture. They didn't quit even though opposition came. I feel like this is for a family today. Don't quit. I feel like for this is for someone who thinks that they should give up. Don't quit. I feel like this is for your family member that you've been praying for that you haven't seen breakthrough yet. And the Lord is saying, don't quit. Verse six. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. It took all of their hearts collectively to build half the wall. So in order for us to step into the future with strength, with anointing, with wisdom, with courage, with God's presence, it's going to take all of us, heart and soul. It's gonna take all of us continuing to give. It's gonna take all of us continuing to fast and pray. It's gonna take all of us showing up. It's gonna take all of us serving. It's gonna take all of us getting on the dream team. It's going to take all of us to take this church into the future because we are just getting started. We may be over 30 years old, but we still fresh. We're not quitting. We're not shrinking back. We are going to continue to build. And even when opposition comes, we're going to keep our stance strong with our whole hearts. Approach your Monday tomorrow with your whole heart. Approach your business with your whole heart. Approach your upcoming school year with your whole heart. Verse seven, but when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashdod heard the repairs to Jerusalem's walls, we're gonna go through scripture and verse by verse. This is so powerful. They heard the repairs to Jerusalem walls and they had gone ahead at that the gaps were being closed because we are closing any gaps. Any gaps in our family, any gaps in our thought life, any gaps in this house, we are closing them. And because we are closing them, the bullies were angry. Verse eight, they all plotted together, whispering, jealous, bitter, to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. If anyone in your world is stirring up trouble, do not lean into it. Do not listen to it. Do not let it wash over you. You say, I'm building. I'm building a great work. I'm not gonna listen to this trouble you're stirring up. Verse nine, this is also what they did. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. They were active in the midst of the battle. They said, you know what? We're not gonna shrink back. We're gonna post a guard. And I feel like, and I know in this church, there are so many guards that are staying posted, that are staying planted, that are praying, that are faithful, that are leaned in, that are saying, if there's a gap, choose me, God, I will feel it. I will fill it. Verse 10. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Sometimes our situations that we face seem like so much. Like, how am I going to navigate raising a teenager? How am I going to serve but also launch a new company? How am I going to get into a group when I have baseball games and softball games and football games every night of the week? How am I going to take what seems like ruins in my marriage, in my thought life? It feels like so much. The, my strength is getting weak. 
And I feel like today, God has called me to remind you that even when you are weak, Christ is strong for you. It's okay to feel weak. It's okay to feel like I need to put my hands down for a second because it is in that weakness that Jesus gives you strength. Verse 11, also our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to their work. We are not going to let opposition battles, crazy reports, the things of this world put an end to this great work. If anything, we're going to fight all the harder, pray all the more, put a stake in the ground and saying, yes, the threat is intense, but my footing is in Jesus. I am planted in God's house. I'm inviting as many people on the journey as possible, and I am staying planted. Verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us 10 times over. That means the heat was turned up. That means that the badgering, the pestering, the bullying, it was getting 10 times more intense. So instead of shrinking back, instead of thinking, I guess I'm not called, I guess my company's not going to make it post-pandemic, I guess my marriage isn't going to be all that it's called to be, I guess I have to settle being single, I guess I can't be the only teenager in my school who is on fire for God. This is their response, and this is the response that God's called us to do. Therefore, I love that, therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall. So whatever the lowest points are in your life, Whatever areas that there seems like a gap, we don't want to be passive with that. We want to station something there. We want to station the word of God. We want to station prayer. We want to station our community groups and connect groups. We don't want to leave these exposed places. And I love this. It says at the lowest points of the wall, at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords and spears and bows. So they didn't shrink back. They grabbed their family and said, yes, it's been hard to get out the door and get to church, but I'm going to stay posted up. They got themselves out of bed when they felt depressed and said, I'm going to post up. They jumped online and said, my family needs a word of God flowing through the house. I'm going to turn it up. Even though our family was in an argument last night, I'm going to turn up the word of God. It's going to fill this house. I'm going to post it up. I'm going to walk into my office tomorrow with strength, with anointing, with grace, and I'm not going to shrink back and I'm going to stand in the gap. Verse 14, as I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, and this is what I say to you, anyone who's in a battle, anyone who's in a fight, or any future fights that we might, not, but we might face, this is what he says, don't be afraid of them. Say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. Fight for your families. Fight for your sons and daughters, your wives and your homes. I remember in a season of our church where I wasn't having my kids at church as often. And I was thinking, well, it's too much. We're here all day. It's taking a toll on them. So honestly, I didn't have them serving for a season. And as I look back on that season of our life, Earl and I had a family meeting. And he said, we are building this church together. 
And you guys are called just like we're called. And you are going to be on this journey with us. And he grabbed hands and he prayed over our family. And he said, we're showing up. He had my two sons on the parking lot team. He had my little girl playing a scripture verse over our church. And as a family, we have seen the hand of God move in our kids' lives because we decided to say, we're not gonna be on the sidelines just because you're little. We're gonna have you step forth in the call. And my sons are out in the parking lot when it's hot, when it's cold, showing people where to park and drive. And now my oldest son has walked in and realized that there's a call of God on his life. And I'm so thankful that we brought him to the house of God. I'm so thankful that we didn't shrink back during the teenage years when he was acting crazy. We said, you're going to be at church and being around the word and being around the worship and being around people that have gone before him. He was surrounded and now he's standing tall. Verse 15, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, there's some plots that are trying to come against you and your family, but do not put those plots on the altar. Do not worship those plots. Do not come off of the mountain when you hear the plots, when you hear the threats, because it's a mirage. Because when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, and God is frustrating some plots that are trying to come against you. He's bringing confusion to the attack and the attack will dissipate in the name of Jesus. So we then returned to our work, each of us. Just like the body, we all have a part to play. There's a part that we are all needed in. God needs your strength. He needs your wisdom. He needs your fight. He needs your joy. He needs you to stay present and planted and fill gaps. So when you get word that there's a need in this house at any of our locations, you say, you know what? I'm a gap filler. Sign me up. If there's something new on the horizon that we have to need to collectively bring our generosity together, we say, you know what? I'm a gap filler, sign me up. Because I'm gonna frustrate the plans of the enemy and through my generosity, through my worship, through my praise, through my amen, through me shouting down the leaders each week that come to speak and pour the greatest oil under my life, I'm gonna stay posted, I'm gonna fight back. I'm not just gonna be a receiver, I'm gonna be a giver and a receiver and I'm gonna watch God perform miracles in my life. Verse 16, from that day on, half my men did the work while the others were equipped with spears, shields, and bows, and armor. And that reminded me of Ephesians 6, where we put on the full armor of God. I remember when we were walking through the pandemic as a family and as a church, I remember that there were days when I didn't feel like putting on my, I didn't feel like being battle ready. But the moment I turned on praise and worship, the moment I had the songs from heaven fill my house, fill my mind, fill our car, fill our office, I knew that I could not quit. And some of us today are thinking about quitting. Some of us are thinking about giving up. And God is saying, I have a strategy for you found in Nehemiah 4. I'm so proud of you for showing up. I'm so proud of you for being leaned in, but you cannot put down your weapon. The enemy wants to take you out and wants you to think that you're not needed, but every single family, every single child, every single retired person, every single empty nester, every single teenager, every single baby, every single person is needed for the future of this church. And as we continue to grow, as we continue to take more ground, it is not the time to say, you know what? I'm gonna put my weapon away. The other people have it. You are more needed than ever before. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. 
Those who carried materials did their work one hand with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Kept working, but held their weapon in the other. Each of the builders wore his sword at his side, kept the word of God by their side at all times. I love this. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive. Sometimes you just feel tired. Sometimes you feel like, how can this all come together? Because we're spread out and we're widely separated from each other along the wall. Verse 20, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Our God, he's a present God. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's a personal God. He has a plan and a strategy and wisdom for any situation you're facing. He sees your future before you do. He sees what's ahead and he wants to equip you with weapons of warfare so that you can stand tall, but he also is going to fight the battle. You might think it's you fighting, but it's actually strength that comes from heaven that is breathing life upon you. You just have to decide, I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna quit. I feel like there's some teenagers today that decided this summer I will no longer party when I go back to school. So as I step into my campus, even if I get the invitations, even if I get FOMO, I'm going to, if I go to a party, I'm going to have a bottled water. I'm going to be posted up with my weapon. I'm going to look at scriptures when I go to the bathroom. They're going to think I'm in the bathroom going potty, but I'm going to be crying out to God to give me strength because I will not bow. I will not shrink back. I'm going to raise the standard over my school. Even if I I'm the only one. I'm going to stand forth and see revival take place in this generation. So we continued the work. Everybody say continue. With half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. I think about those of you that have been a part of this church for over 10 years or more. And you have stayed at your post. You have stayed at your position. And there's a company of people behind you who are following in your footsteps, who does not want the enemy to take you out because they're looking to your family. They're looking to your posture. They're looking to your strength. And so keep fighting, keep praying, keep setting an example, stay in the fight. Verse 22, at that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so that they can serve as guards by night and workers by day. We need guards over this church. We need watchmen. We need prayer warriors. We need people that are battle ready. We need people that say when we announce that we're praying and fasting, they get with their families and ask, what are we gonna pray and fast? We need people that are gonna show up filled with faith, believing God for miracles, miracles for this house, miracles for houses like mine that watch and pull from this well. James River isn't just touching James River. James River is touching the world and your prayers are touching the world, the world. Springfield, Missouri and beyond is touching the world. We are following in your example. So we need you to stay in the fight. We need you to recognize strategy of the enemy because we're watching you and we're standing on your shoulders. My church is only 11 years old and to look to see a generational church and a generational family who have stayed their post, who have said we are in this forever because we love you and we see you. We deserve, they deserve to be supported by us. They deserve for us to stand in the gap. They deserve for us to set our alarms and wake up a little bit earlier and pray. Verse 22. At that time, I also said to the people, have every helper stay inside Jerusalem at night 
so that they can serve as guards by night and workers by day. Say, I'm a guard. Yes, say it like you mean it. I'm a guard. Yes. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. Each had his weapon. We didn't get casual. We didn't get lazy. We didn't think, oh, they don't need me. We didn't think my time has passed to be plugged in and leaned in. We kept our weapons by our side. And as I was praying over this house and preparing my heart to be with each of you, I felt like God gave me a word picture. And I want to share that word picture with you because my husband and I are so inspired by this house, by this church. We come as often as we can to draw from this well. I've only been here a couple of days and I have pages of notes. I've been constantly texting Earl, constantly texting our team. So I'm so thankful that you guys have stayed in the fight. I'm so thankful that you keep growing. And I think about churches who have gone before us that are the same age as this church. And I think about churches that are no longer relevant no longer fresh. Churches that have just given up because they're over 30 years and they just have decided, you know what? We have a manual and we're just gonna follow this manual because this manual got us to these last 32 years. This is how we're gonna approach everything. We're gonna go to the table of contents. We're gonna follow this manual of how we always do it. We're not gonna be fresh. We're not gonna be innovative. We're not gonna seek the face of God. It's worked, got us this far, so we're just gonna phone it in. We're just gonna read the manual. We're gonna be like a robot, and we're just gonna go through the motions. We're gonna chat GPT everything, every single question, every single thing that's ahead for the future of this church. We're just gonna go by this manual, and we're just gonna read what we used to do. We're gonna idolize what we used to do. And as I was praying, God showed me a picture of your pastors and the pastoral team of this church. And I saw all of these pieces of paper that I'm going to lay on the floor. I saw all these blank pages. I saw them everywhere in my spirit. And you know what I saw? I saw your pastors. I saw Pastor John and Debbie. I saw them crying out to God, saying, God, I want a fresh word from you for this church for this moment. I don't want to lean on what's worked in the past. It's always going to be about Jesus. Don't get it twisted. We're always going to love people. We're always going to serve the hurting. We're always going to build. But I'm not going to go back by a crusty old stale manual. I'm going to seek his face for fresh manna. And on these blank pages are future campuses. On these blank pages are your families. On these blank pages are your kids, your businesses, your marriages. They're not phoning it in for your family. They're not phoning it in for their future. They're seeking the 